0: Untitled Beatles Podcast. This is Plastic Ono Band Part 1.
1: 51 Part (laughs) 1. Great intro. Westwood One Radio, which I don't think has been a thing (laughs) since 98.
0: No, man. Ever since they got rid of uh, Rockline or whatever on Monday nights with Steve Downs. Live via satellite from Hollywood, AT&T presents truly interactive radio,
1: Rockline, North America's number one rock radio program. How you doing? I'm Steve Downs. Uh, and, and Rockpile.
0: And Rockpile, the band, yeah. they got canceled. They did too many covers.
1: <laughs> they did a, a too many covers of Too Many Cooks. Did you ever see Too Many Cooks?
0: I loved Too Many Cooks. I love it
1: so much. <laughs> Th- that is one. My my wife, my wife is great with all my bits, but mm-hmm. she cannot stand my affection because I love TV themes and I love high nightmares. And that's what Too Many Cooks is.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about a lesson in heightening uh-huh. when you think you can't do the joke anymore and you just keep going. Too Many Cooks. Masterpiece. The- Speaking of masterpieces, uh, yeah, we're going to cover the, finally, thank you for your patience. We're going to cover the 51st anniversary of John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band.
1: Yeah, we're talking Plastic Ono Band. It was supposed to be released last year in honor of the 50th, which would have been 1970, uh, 2020. And because of the pandemic, this did not make it into stores. Uh, unlike Last Dance, they couldn't speed this up like they did with the Michael Jordan Bulls documentary. They decided to keep this to this spring and- I mean, my first impression, I got the the remastered remix vinyl, the two vinyl and the box set. And I have two thoughts right off the bat, Tony. It is gorgeous, maybe the best of any of the solo or group reissues I've ever held. It's tactile. It's compact. I, I love looking at it. The remastered cover art is unlike it's got a depth I've never seen on any other cover of this album. And my complaint is not enough bang for the buck. They needed a lot more music on this to make me happy. Ono Band Deluxe gets two fabs for not having enough CDs. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the most overwhelming thing I've ever had in my life. And it's wonderful. But I'll write it with the evolution mix of My Mummy's Dead. I'm like, I was doing okay without it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you, Tony, that's, that's my babble. What's your bibble? <laughs> so I uh, I just got
0: the uh, the CD version. Uh, I have not got <laughs> I have not uh, gotten the vinyl yet. That said, I totally agree that it is overwhelming, and uh, that's also why I, I say thank you for your patience. I mean, it's 120 songs. It's like seven and a half hours of music, and I think that's not even including the Yoko Ono. Plastic Ono Band Sessions, which you can only hear on Blu-ray (laughs) 2. And and you get everything with that. It also comes with this great book. The packaging I was blown away by. I I agree. I like that it's it's not a full 12-inch. It's like a 10-inch book. I mean, here's what I like about it. It is just comprehensive with what take is on which song they used and which ones they could have used. And yeah, I was talking to my friend Reed, actually, on the set of Work in Progress season two. And um, <laughs> he's an art department guy. He's a musician, first and foremost, and an artist. Yeah, he's a huge fan of these, these records and just saying how it's great how, you know, people like Dylan and, uh, well, Lennon here, they're giving us everything, you know. And it's it may take the mystery and the mystique out of it, which it doesn't, but we're able to actually see how the product is made. And it's wonderful. You know, you think like, oh, Mother, you know, all these songs, Stripped, raw. probably took, they, I heard they did all these songs, five takes. And it's like, no, Mother, take 91.
1: (laughs) Right. And it's funny, because I always thought John ripped off Mother from the drummer of the police. Uh, (laughs) Stuart Copeland? (laughs) Did Stuart Copeland? Who who wrote Mother on synchronicity? Is it Andy Summers or Stuart Copeland? It's the one jump the shark moment on one of the great (laughs) albums of the 80s. (laughs) That fucking yeah. dinosaur song can go, too. I don't love that dinosaur. I do love <laughs> Like, synchronicity is, like, half uh, amazing. And then you get the the footstep dinosaur song.
0: Hey, Mr. Dinosaur, you really couldn't
1: ask for more. And uh, the mother screaming song.
0: <laughs> See, that's some deep police. I don't know that one. Well, the
1: telephone is ringing. Is that my mother on the phone?
0: Uh, yeah, we should, let's, let's break it down just what it is. So it's six discs. Disc one, ultimate mixes. So this is the record. With all of the new 2020 mixes.
1: And the singles. They throw the uh, period era singles on there. Uh, give Pizza Chance was not on earlier reissues of this CD. Power to the People, which was on the 2000 remix, and Instant Karma have now become kind of firmly married to this album, which is an interesting thing for the first time in John Lennon's discography.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They give you every version of Give Pizza Give pizza a chance <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel about Domino's Every time I go to Domino's And we can agree She you know Chicago, New York All the Des Moines pizza Everyone's got their great pizza We can agree that Domino's Is like a national chain That beats any of the locals For sure, yeah I like my pizza fast
0: we <laughs> are <laughs> you do get to hear every version of Give Peace a Chance you'll ever want to hear or need to hear. But thank you for supplying them.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I almost want to send a thank you note to uh, Paul Hicks for the uh, Tommy Smothers evolution mix of Give Peace a Chance <laughs> on the Blu-ray. Like, it's, it's everything. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: then, uh, so disc two, you get ultimate mix outtakes. Disc three are the elements mixes. There's some acapella moments. There's things where you hear it without, like, piano. You don't hear isolation with piano, things like that.
1: My copy has the cast of Glee doing Remember.
0: <laughs> Ooh, hang on to that. That's going to be worth something.
1: <laughs> Cover that in
0: Saran Wrap. Disc four, the raw studio mixes and then also some other outtakes. <laughs> There's a the hodgepodge at the end there. Uh, which is basically the mixes they used for the record, but just without effects and often running the full length of the take. So if something faded out, you get to hear it break breakdown and all that. Disc five is the Evolution documentaries. And for me, this is worth the whole thing. I love these.
1: See, I, I threw this one away. I put the CD in <laughs> once and got very angry. I called my friends in the South to burn it. <laughs> no I, I love it too I mean the 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 entire the entire set I cried three times per uh CD. Even the stuff we've heard before, when we break down, we're going to do this in two parts because there's so much to break down here. But when we break down a lot of the the tracks, these have appeared before in that Lennon signature box set that came out when all the CDs were remastered in 2010. And some of this comes from the anthology. Yeah. But all these, it's like we're at a point, Tony, where we used to get outtakes on bootlegs in any audio quality and we loved it. It didn't matter. And then they started issuing them the first time around anthology and the Lennon anthology. And now they're remixing outtakes. So stuff I had heard before was really great to hear all remixed on this set, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like what they did with the White Album with the, the, uh, exactly Esher demos. And then, uh, disc six, it's the jams, uh, live and improvised, and then the demos. And those are all your compact discs. And then you also get two blu rays with the c d package uh so that's if you've got like five point one stereo and all that, and you have to rearrange your speakers in the book they do a a fun job of telling you the best way to listen to each song, yeah, where to place your your five or six speakers in case you wanna. Hear the church bell and speaker number six for mother.
1: <laughs> it's a huge advertisement for boomer privilege. Fucking a. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got the money to listen to this in your five pet like I, I'm glad I got a ninety nine dollar pair of Bluetooth headphones that sound the right. Like, who's got that equipment?
0: Exactly. It's the the Memorex ad. You know, everyone wants to. They're <laughs> chasing after the, <laughs> getting your face blown off by. Uh,
1: Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> cookie cookie One of the mixes, they have four or five different cookies. And, yeah, and, and you position your speakers. You get cookies from all around the room.
0: You get tickled with cookies. <laughs>
1: the usual, sir. Please.
0: Even after 500 plays, our High Fidelity tape still delivers
1: High Fidelity. It's funny because in the book, which is amazing, they do show how to how the stereo diagram pans out in 5.1, how to, like, arrange your speakers. You know who did that in 1986? The oft-mentioned album, Press to Play, the gatefold sleeve, has McCartney drew the stereo dimensions for every song. So once again, the Lennon estate stealing from Paul. <laughs>
0: There you go. There you go. (laughs) Proof is in the pudding.
1: Well, I mean, you know, this box of the Flaming Pie set, next. We'll discuss in detail.
0: (laughs) Beetle War, yeah. Well, the book is amazing. It's awesome. It's got pictures I've never seen. Have you ever seen any studio pictures from this era?
1: Uh, I've seen some stills, yes, I have, but nowhere near this level, and I love how they replicate this 45 sleeves, which, it's funny, like, I guess it's always been the case, but the European pressing, the original UK pressing, is definitive. Like, even, not that I was expecting otherwise, but the, the vinyl, Tony, very small typeset difference, has the original UK apple label and i'm so used to the u.s apple label which has some some variances just like you know there are a lot of fans in the states and it'd be nice if they at least had an option to kind of get it replicated with the one you grew up with i guess
0: tj i have this image of you going over the vinyl with a jeweler's uh <laughs> what, what is that called you would know it right what
1: yeah, uh, uh, it's, oh my God, my, my father was a jeweler. I have one on my desk, I don't know what it, what it's called.
0: It's a funny word. Yeah, you put it
1: in your eye and you, <laughs> I can't remember right now. This uh, show brought to you by Edibles.
0: I'll look it up because I want to
1: Yeah, what's it called?
0: A jewelers. Lope. Is it a lope or a loop? a loop. It's a loop. There you go. Jewelers loop.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I do. I'm I'm Captain Pressings. So one of our loyal fans got upset with Casey on Facebook because he (laughs) did you hear about this? Tony's not on Facebook for all of our listeners.
0: I'm not. I don't hate you. I hate Facebook. But (laughs) thank you, Facebook (laughs) listeners
1: i like facebook and i hate you that's oh, where well, we hey. so tomato. oh hey, hey. uh, no you, it's all love here um <laughs> but yeah uh producer casey on our magical mystery trip episode put up the purple capital label because i talked about it now there was yes. kind of a blah purple label press from 78 that was around for a while the one i was referring to was the c1 issue from 88 casey couldn't find that photo put up the 78 and somebody was like how come you're using the purple capital you can't even use the original and then i was like oh it's fine because i was talking about the c1 pressing and somebody wrote either do the original or don't do it at all and i was like all right a minute like the c1 was the first with true stereo strawberry field so thank you and leave me alone and that's facebook commentary
0: I love Klaus Vormann's drawings, those sketches he does during the sessions.
1: It's so great in the studio where it's got just the silhouette of Phil and the silhouette of Yoko looking in at Klaus and Ringo and John. It's so I, I would like that framed in my wall. Yeah,
0: there's a there's another picture in here. It's a gatefold that I would love as a poster. It's that. uh John Lennon's selfie that he took. I think you've got it open on your book right now.
1: Because I was about to talk about it. This is why we're buddies. (laughs) I I love it.
0: That I would have as a poster on my wall. Yeah, it's this awesome fisheye picture that Lennon took. It looks like the camera would be set on his amplifier. Because in the foreground, you see the groovy buttons all big on the... Presumably a, a Vox Amp. And that's, yeah, that's Candlestick Park, 1966. Yeah. Their last show. John Lennon invented the selfie.
1: Uh, <laughs> Al Gordon into the internet.
0: <laughs> what did you invent, TJ?
1: What did I invent? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> a lot of wasted time.
0: <laughs> we should invent something.
1: Yeah, well, we invented this show, and we've saved, we get letters from people who have had serious life trauma who say, we never want to hear you again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's your prerogative.
1: All right, Bobby Brown.
0: That's my prerogative.
1: We did the Plasticono Band album, we did our deep dish on it maybe two months ago, so we've already been through the songs, yes. their importance, what they mean to us. I've called this my favorite solo Beatles album. It's on your top list as well. It's one of your one, two, or three, right? Yeah, I think one. Yeah, I think it's my favorite. Mine too. And it's between this and All Things Must Pass. And as I've said, All Things Must Pass is so sprawling that it's the reason... uh, This album is so direct. And one of the things that's maddening about it is the totality of it. We all have jobs. We all have lives. I've got a kid. It's very tough to find the time to really sit and listen to all this incredible music and appreciate it like with cans on and really get into it when you've got life. So I appreciate the bigness of this. I wouldn't want it any other way, but it's also true to say that it's over-fucking-whelming. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, there's a lot. And there is some stuff that does get repeated in there you'll hear the same, uh, those improvised blues lyrics he throws into I Found Out, which are fun and great. Well,
1: that must be my guy, you don't look like that. Well, that must be my girl, yours don't look
0: like that. I know my baby, she's so big
1: and bad. Is he singing an Elvis song? What, what, is, is that a real song there? You know, I don't know. I, I mm.
0: Yeah, I was not familiar with it. It sounded like what Paul remembers when he saw John Lennon playing for the first time and he was kind of making up blues lyrics by taking from three different songs, you know, and putting
1: it into one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there might have been an element to Baby Let's Play House in that, but I could also be very wrong. Hey, quick producer's note. I
0: Googled it. It turns out it's a Carl Perkins song, Gone, Gone, Gone. Let's listen. Well, that must be my gal. you And it also comes with these uh, postcards and a poster. Now, let me ask you, TJ, did you unravel your poster or do you keep it all folded up?
1: From age six until probably 12 years ago, I would have opened it and considered having it framed, either tacking it to my wall as a kid or having it professionally framed. Now I keep it in the album. So when I have nothing, when I'm older, my kid can make $40 off of selling this, <laughs> not 27 <laughs>
0: That's nice. No, that's a great <laughs> gesture. That's 13 extra dollars, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, I dig this postcard that, uh, I guess this was a, uh, give peace a chance promotional ad, which was basically a page out of the yellow pages or the white pages, I guess. Cause it's, it's people's names and their addresses and their phone numbers. <laughs> and he kind of like Andy Warhol did a little bit and, uh. You are the Plastic Ono band. It's, it's cool. And then if you look closely, the list of people in the white pages, you'll see Lennon, John. You see McCartney, P. Starkey, Richard. Ono, Lennon. Anyway, there's little little Easter eggs built into there. And then you get another one that says it's just black with the white lettering. Who are the Plastic Ono band?
1: Yeah, which was part of the advertisements for the album. Now, who did you send
0: your postcard to, TJ?
1: I sent a postcard to myself. I (laughs) I want to remind myself that somebody cares. Like Paul McCartney said, "There's always somebody who cares," and it's the age-old question: Is somebody who cares a better ballad than Mother? Tug of War starts so strong with Tug of War, then take it away. And then it kind of gets into like, ah, this is where George Martin should have been like, you know, Paul, maybe save it for a B-side, but I'll give you a ring on here.
0: I'm going to bet that he did. And Paul overrided that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a
1: bad era. Um, we'll, We'll do Tug of War another time. God, I do love that album. Um... The book has a ton of pictures I didn't see. Some quotes I have read before, but organized by song. The book basically knocks out the entire album and gives John's comments and or and or Klaus Vormann's or Yoko's or Janov. And that's pretty great. It breaks it down song by song. It also tells you about the mixing and editing history of those. It starts with the singles. But even though I've read a lot of that info before, it's organized perfectly because you just kind of follow along with it. Yeah,
0: I love it. Yeah, you get kind of a story of the song as told like through the people involved, like you said, and then you get all the facts, which I love that stuff too. You know, like, oh, they recorded it on this day. They used this take. They added another thing from this take or whatever, you know, you know, all the details, all that stuff we love. There's also a section about the primal scream stuff with Arthur Janoff. In fact, he has a It's his words, if I'm not mistaken, right?
1: I don't know when they're from. I don't know if it's recent or... I wish the sources were cited a bit more thoughtfully.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it also kind of plays into that ethereal vibe that this record originally had. Well, it still does, but now we get to see how it's made. Also, it's cool. um, There's a picture of the actual demo cassette that he used to record uh, My Mummy's Dead which actually made the cut. He didn't re-record that. He just took uh,
1: take one. (laughs) Of two takes. I think there were only two takes. We hear them each five times on this (laughs) set.
0: It's so, I mean, that's what's so funny about it, too, is that we got five different versions of a song with two takes. Okay.
1: One's like, here's the cassette without the echo. Here's the cassette with extra echo. Here's the cassette with echo beginning in the second verse. like, all right.
0: Here's the cassette. As played through a cassette player. Here's the cassette, not played through a cassette player.
1: Here's the cassette as played through a cassette adapter you put in your a track player when your car didn't have a cassette deck. So you had a big clunky thing with a little cassette hole in the middle. You jam it in your a track player and play tapes that were also never at the right speed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a whole generation of people that heard music at the <laughs> wrong speed.
1: Not, not <laughs> just that first Billy Joel album either. <laughs> Columbia famously released Cold Spring Harbor at 45 instead of 33. She's got a way-
0: I did want to point out that the cassette of choice for John Lennon in 1970 was an Agfa Magneton Band C120 Hi-Fi Low Noise Compact Cassette.
1: Yeah, still the cassette of choice for that real good analog tape hissy sound. But imagine,
0: imagine if he had recorded on a Maxell XL2 CRO2.
1: Oh yeah, with high bias Dolby NR. High bias
0: (laughs) and a 60-second tape. The one he uses a 120-minute cassette. Man, those things get eaten up so fast. Surprised to survive. Those
1: are the tapes that wind up on the side of the road. Those are, as <laughs> yes. we talked
0: about. Yes. And upon extracting it through my memory, I do remember seeing that <laughs> right. more often now. just
1: tape everywhere.
0: I had forgotten about that. But yeah, there'd be just strewn brown strips of, yeah. Glistening plastic garbage.
1: Yeah, and the hot sun on on I ninety. Like, why <laughs> why is there tape on the highway? A fire, in the sky. <laughs> a fire in the sky. When you read about the sessions, and you and I, uh, we love this album. We have for a long time. We both lived in this record we know what the album's about. We know it's his breakup with the Beatles. It's his breakup to an extent with the fans who wanted him to stay Beatle John. Yeah. The let it be reissue comes out this year, the Peter Jackson get back. And I find it fascinating that the narrative of that film is it was great. They were tight after all, forget the Michael Lindsay Hogg cut. That's old news. This is, uh, they were really tight during let it be. And this album's reminder of how liberated, and it wasn't just liber it was a, a dramatic emotional catharsis rooted not just to his past, his mother, his father, the primal scream therapy he was going through at the time, but also the breakup of the Beatles. I, I find it fascinating. I view these to be kind of competing theories, and while I don't think it matters from a marketing standpoint, I think as real fans, we probably should take note of that discrepancy, right? Or am I just cuckoo, fucking crazy Well,
0: let's see what the Peter Jackson thing eventually is. We have a feeling that it's going to get turned into like a a Disney-fied, cleaned up, sweeping the bad stuff under the rug version of the Beatles
1: the let it be sessions as much as abbey road which followed was much more functional and pleasant you can never convince anyone i don't care what peter jackson does and i can't wait to see the movie it's not a hard days night they're not the mop top beatles there was disillusionment and actual arguments we've seen him captured peter jackson is going to edit a laugh track in the george paul conversation <laughs>
0: but it's complicated it's not in the complicated complicated, but, it's but it's no, even i mean i mean man before
1: the other thing that's notable about this is this album was remixed, as we've talked about, in 2000. I have the Mobile Fidelity vinyl of this and CD of this. I think I mistakenly said this was mixed by Steve Hoffman. He didn't do these. He did the McCartney on um, Gold CDs, those remixes. Pete Cobbin, I think, did this and Imagine in 2000. And I have to say, this Mobile Fidelity CD that I have here, with all due respect to these incredible uh, masters and engineers, I still, after doing comparative listens, I actually compared this to the CD pressing from 1988, Wow, the 2010 remaster, the 2000-slash-2003 uh, Mobile Fidelity remix, and the current one... Hey, man, I actually think the bulk of the songs sound better on this 03 Mobile Fidelity. Well, there you go. For everything that is on this set, Tony, here's what's not. There was a, two special edits for the song Mother. The original 45 edit that starts with the bells, fades out earlier. All oh, right. Not on here. And there's an edit for shaved, uh, the shaved fish compilation that's long. You know, I don't even think you I don't know if you can download that or not. It's been replaced by seven other Lennon comps, including one by like <laughs> Starbucks presents Lennon caffeinated. You remember there was one like, oh no.
0: Crazy. Are you serious?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was an era where like the new McCartney, I think memory almost full was on the Starbucks label. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there was like a John Lennon Starbucks CD. I could be wrong, but I remember <laughs> seeing it and being like, I buy everything. This just makes me sad. I'll I'll, I'll take my venti burnt whatever and get out of here. <laughs> There's also a single mix of the song Love.
0: Oh, that's um, right.
1: Where the piano is not a, that beautiful Phil Spector kind of classical piano figure begins at almost full volume it doesn't fade up for the 45 right minutia and I'm the curmudgeon who, you know, when we talk about um, the McCartney 2 box set not having the the long version of the 45 intro for coming up live, but I do think if you're going to shell out all this money and put everything on it, these were official releases, these were viable. It's weird to me that they would leave off actual single masters that millions of people heard so that's a little strange to me but uh other than that the 2000 remix has do the oz and power of the people do the oz i think's now been officially tacked onto the imagined deluxe set by the lenin estate
0: good good because that's not one of my favorites and uh, no. yeah <laughs> no it's not <laughs> i think it's it's one of my least favorites and so yeah i'm glad it doesn't sully up this uh this otherwise mix of the same 14 songs
1: well, I'll tell you, Do the Oz was the, the, the instrumental version, was the theme to the movie Sully. And right <laughs> right, right, as we're landing the plane <laughs> of the Hudson, we're playing a beautiful instrumental Do the Oz.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, yeah, let's break this down into let's do the two LP set. And then episode 2 we'll tackle discs three, four, five, six, and the Blu-ray stuff.
1: I should mention, I know you haven't bought it yet, but it's beautiful. First of all, to hold this album as a gatefold is really neat. It opens up into the classic picture of John as a little boy with the dog picture. Nice.
0: I didn't know. I didn't know it was a gatefold. That's great.
1: And it also comes with the wars over poster and the postcards. They did a, a really good job of it. And one thing I give a lot of credit for the mccartney archive albums tony all have like a gray or yellowish line i don't know colors a line go. <laughs> i am a knight male walking that's the um who sang colors oh, from the movie Colors. The, i mean i just know that, that's iced tea Ice tea saying the, Ice-T. Ice-T Was, oh, sang the okay. song colors that's what he lapsed into colors, colors.
0: i am a knight male walking psychopath talking King of my jungle, just a gangster
1: stalking. What I love about this kind of gateful Placidono band is it's just the cover as we know and love it. It's it's a wonderful tactile experience, clearly some went and the vinyl sounds lovely too. It's no pops. The vinyl is they, whoever pressed this got it right.
0: That's great. Is it uh 180 gram as the as the kids
1: say? <laughs> it is. It's 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 a 180 <laughs> G. Boy have I done a 180 <laughs> G.
0: Well, cool. I don't know if we need to go track by track because we did cover, you know, this record, like you said, a few months ago. But what's your overall impression of the Ultimate mixes? I I, I guess we know that you prefer the, the 2003 mix.
1: And the main reason is I feel like, you know, they might have used some kind of no noise on the CD from 2003. I know it's controversial, but I feel like there's very little tapis. And the elimination of the tapis on this Mobile Fidelity doesn't result, at least in my, you know, limited audio experience with like some worse or less defined sound. It sounds just as good and powerful with the remix, but without the hiss, I feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot of hiss on this. I mean, it's less than compared to the 2010. Everybody liked the 2010 remasters. It was done by the same team that did the Beatles uh, original remasters and wh- from 09. And while it was an improvement on the capital CD from 88, I think, I never loved the 2010. I I think I'm so married to this 03 Mobile Fidelity, but they're certainly really, really good and clear. Just a little hissy for me. And I, I, you know, I don't want to throw a hissy fit. Um, (laughs) What did you think of these remixes by? I think Paul Hicks did these.
0: Yeah, I think they're great. I think they're really clear. I think they've opened up a lot of the sound. It feels The sound feels like there's just more... Room to it if that makes sense I feel like I'm listening to these songs in like a gymnasium versus a living room you know what I mean so whatever they've done to do that but again I think we were kind of discussing this as it approached like what could they possibly do with really there's just four elements mostly guitar, bass, drums, piano voice I guess five elements but um
1: on occasion organ And apparently on occasion, congas. Yeah. (laughs) And
0: uh, mouth harp.
1: Remember when you were young.
0: I don't like saying Jews harp.
1: (laughs) Whose harp? (laughs) Jews harp. (laughs) Look, I ain't anti-Semitic, but let's just say those Jews know their harps. Know what I'm talking about? Yes, that's my favorite beer. It's actually not. I don't like harp.
0: That's right. Harps is Irish. I, I think I was mixing that. I was like, harp, the non-alcoholic beer? That's sharps.
1: Uh, no, that, that's an O-Jews. <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused with, with the people who sang the song Love Train. <laughs>
0: No, that was the (laughs) (laughs) O-Jews.
1: Oi, people all over the world, join a love train. Join a love train.
0: (laughs) There you go. Somebody just bought that idea. Kill me. Uh, I like these mixes a lot. Uh, With that said, I don't notice a huge epiphanal moment for me with them. I will say I feel like Well, 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 Stood Out as sounding more different than the versions I'm used to hearing, which is actually whatever, the original 1970 pressing is what I'm used to hearing. That sounded more raw.
1: guitars in that
0: mix yeah that guitar I should say yeah I think there I think there is an overdub in there I think there's two guitars in there I love still how out of tune it is I don't know it sounds like it's yeah. even more out of tune somehow <laughs> if that makes sense and then in remember there's uh what sounds to me like stick clicking or or maybe it's like stuff that's happening on John's vocal mic but there sound there sounds I feel like I can hear them moving around in the room. Yeah, thought, especially towards the end like right before the November bit I, th- I thought I heard like a stick click or something which is really rare for Ringo if that's Ringo and that's the thing I, got, I don't know what that sound is but it sounds like two drumsticks clicking together I will say this it feels like we had already heard about half of the ultimate mixes for these songs because they were kind of released like we'd heard look at me we've heard mother uh, i think they put god out i forget but instant karma
1: god and working uh class hero are both on the uh lenin with that remix set yeah. from october
0: yeah which i think was called ultimate mixes right yeah yeah so we've heard we've actually heard Probably half of this record already, so it was little things like for me remembering well, 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 like oh, cool, I'll get to hear those now.
1: So on the 2010 uh, CD, the straight remaster from the original um, tapes, the nothing remixed, "Mother" John felt just buried to me in like this very trebly mix. The hi hat in the right, you can hear the hiss. The gliss at the end is very soft, and I do feel like the potency, and again, I'm spoiled by that mobile fidelity, but the potency of this remix is great. It just brings, all the instruments feel just louder to me than it did in that 2010 kind of clean up. song on here there's another weird thing i don't know why they didn't include i guess because it wasn't true to john's original vision but the 2000 remaster later on the 2003 uh, mobile fidelity has the complete intro to hold on it doesn't it doesn't start cut midway This 2000 and 2003 CD and the Mold vinyl have the full intro to hold on. I was surprised it didn't, much like on that same Lennon remix, Ultimate Mixes set from the fall, Tony, that organ gliss and whatever gets you through the night that mm. blew us both away. Yeah. That would have led me to believe they would have included the entire intro to hold on. And it is included in one of the 17 other mixes <laughs> later on. Yes. But as part of the album, it would just kind of surprise me that that wasn't on there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess they chose to keep that as is. Executive decisions, I suppose, huh?
1: I wonder if that's a Yoko decision, if it's a Paul Hicks decision. I mean, Yoko is listed as executive producer and creative director. Yeah,
0: that makes a lot of sense
1: it's cool to see that Yoko's kind of, especially in an era where many of us are trying to kind of stand against Asian American hate. It's a good time for Yoko to be accepted more in society. And I think that going on mad about you is what did that. <laughs> I, th- I think Yoko became a friend to everybody after she gave free as a bird and real love to the three All of a sudden she's yakking it up with Paul Reiser. I think that's what made her, you know, okay. <laughs> Give this is a chance. That's all we are saying.
0: <laughs> but TJ, she sat on George's amp.
1: <laughs> Misogynist 1981 <laughs> arguments against Yoko Ono.
0: <laughs> well, shall we move on to disc two, the ultimate mix outtakes? Yes. These are fun. I, so, I, yeah, this is, this is to me where it starts to get more fun, more interesting, more like, oh, great, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah, we start off with Mother Take 61, which I know I said this earlier, but again, it's like, take 61? What? (laughs) Okay. It really shows you how much effort went into these masterpieces. It wasn't just like, oh, the best songs are written in three minutes and you record it in one take. It's like, sometimes they're not. Sometimes you have to work at it. So this is take 61. They're not even done yet. Like, I think take 64 is actually the one that becomes the master. But yeah, this song's a little different, and it's little things like Ringo slashes on some cymbals in the verse, you know, instead of just laying back, and he's a little busier. And then the pianos, towards the end, it's like...
1: By that third verse, it's like he's kind of presaging Imagine. (laughs)
0: I think they made the right choice in just using the kind of the whole note versions. I think it gives the song a lot more gravitas. And when he's driving it, it sounds like he's trying to be, you know, in pain, which is strange that by take 64, maybe it just took three more takes to (laughs) tap into that real pain.
1: One of the things in the book, and there's a lot of great things in the book that I didn't really consider. One of the engineers remarked that from listening to the tapes, it's clear that the fast numbers, the rock and roll numbers, didn't have a ton of takes. It's the ballads he really did over and over and over and over again to try to get it right. And like in Working Class Hero, for example, he kept trying to do it again and beat what the finished master was, and they just couldn't get the sound and the feel to be as good as what we all now know is that that finished master. So... Yeah, I guess he took a ton more time on the slow numbers, but this is great. I love the vocals are rougher. He's got a couple bluesy piano riffs right after the yeah. first, I got to tell you, he does a cool little riff. Like, Chanlin, an underrated piano player. Klaus Foreman even said like he could barely play piano, but for a guy who could barely play piano, his sense of feel yeah. and what's appropriate and what he can, and, and can't. I mean, it, it's like a master class in understated brilliantly effective piano playing on this album, both by him and Phil Spector and Billy Preston. That trio, this is one of the best. You don't often think a of Plastigono band is like, uh, I don't know, The Stranger. You know, it's a second <laughs> Billy Joel reference in The Thing, or like Just The Way It Is, or whatever the hell that first Bruce Runsby album was. But this is a piano rock album.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. It's, it's a cool take. I also like the next one, Hold On, Take 2. Uh, this is one of my favorites from from this disc. Here you do get to hear that full guitar intro. And then Ringo does a funny little thing on the, the instrumental passages, right? He goes into this double time, kind of horsey gallop.
1: Just to hold on. He does a little, cu- I wrote country shuffle. Yeah. Not to be confused with the curly shuffle. <laughs> Wise guy, huh? <laughs> we don't
0: like to and we don't
1: like scuffle. But we dance all night doing
0: the curly shuffle. Hey, Mo. Hey, Mo. Hey,
1: Mo. Hey, Mo. Well, uh, Yuck nyup, Yuck nyup, nyup,
0: The curly shuffle. 86, right? Ah. Right, right around there. Something. Somebody
1: should have 86'd that song. <laughs> But that's the year of like there was rap in Duke. You remember, da ha da ha da. Well, a pilgrim, I can rap you out of the east. It was a uh, guy in a John Wayne voice doing a John Wayne rap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you think you're bad with your rap? Well, I'll tell you, pilgrim, I started the crap when you were in diapers and wetting the sheets. I was at the Ponderosa rapping to the beat. Da ha da ha. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, and Alf's putting out records and <laughs> uh, <laughs> Herb. You had to if you walked into a Burger King and this like middle-aged nerd walked in, you won't won a million dollars. Where's Herb? Burger King presents a musical message to Herb.
1: Come on now, Herb. Don't be shy, you gonna love playing Burlington.
0: Herb and where it was had to be in Nebraska or something.
1: Do you remember for a while Burger King's big thing was come on in and get popcorn while you wait? And the tables <laughs> after five had popcorn. The Burger Kings in downtown Chicago tried to get like they were competing with like Bennegan's. They're like, oh, we'll put popcorn oh. on the table while they're waiting for their whoppers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I,
0: no, I do not remember that. That okay. it sounds like a n- nightmare. It sounds like Nickel Beer Night <laughs> at uh, Cleveland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Two things I don't like, Nickel Beer Night and Nickelback Night. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. So, hold on. I feel like, especially in this remix, Ringo's fills feel like they're mixed like Abbey Road. I feel like... Some of his fills and his use of the toms. The, some of my favorite Ringo drumming I've ever heard. It's great in Hold On, but especially in this particular uh, mix of it. When you buy yourself, there's no one else. Have yourself, and you tell yourself just to hold on.
0: Yeah, they're really pillowy. They're great. Yeah, yeah man.
1: Pillowy, what a great word for it. Uh, in terms of Ringo's country shuffle... You know, when he picks it up a little before the second verse, it feels a little rushed. Then John says, hold on, world. And the song settles back in. Hold on, world. Well, hold on. It's going to
0: be all right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's It's really neat. Like, everyone in the room just took a cue off of that hold on, world. It, it was a magical. That was like an eye well moment for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like the groove they settle into. It's like the most yeah. relaxed this album ever gets. There's anxiety, but it's a calming anxiety in the lyrics, whereas the rest of things tend to be, there's either like you're alone or there's pain and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I found out. Take one. It's fun. They're finding it, but it's not there yet.
1: What do you think of the Yoko's, those Yoko stabs in the guitar solo?
0: Yo-ko.
1: <laughs> or against him? Do you like your I found out with or without Yoko?
0: <laughs> All right. Without. Yeah.
1: I love dear Yoko. I love oh, Yoko. Yeah. It just it, it's a little it doesn't fit to me the what he eventually settled on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is take one. They're finding it. Yeah. yeah. But I agree with you. Now, the next one, working class hero take one. I feel the opposite about. This is great. To me, they could have put this on on the record. There's no edit. Now we're so used to hearing this edit in there where he had to put the third, whatever, verse back in. Yeah. Yeah, so this time he got it in without doing it, and I like this. This is one of my favorites from disc two. There's room at the top, they are telling you still But first you must learn how to smile when you kill If you want to be a hero, well,
1: just follow me. I love this one. This sounds great, and I'm pretty sure this is the same one used on the anthology box and also the acoustic CD from 05 or 06. Ah. Just m- mastered and mixed incredibly well. Maybe that's I f- what it is. I think yeah. it is. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah. That's so funny. I've heard that one before. Oh, well. <laughs> I love it.
1: But here's what will get you. I didn't know until I went back and did the homework on it, Tony, because it sounds so much better and more spacious and different that, you know, I mean, the sound quality was pretty damn good on that Lynn Anthology, but it wasn't this.
0: No, not at all.
1: That Lennon acoustic CD from, I'm going to call it 06, but I could be wrong, never been on vinyl. It was a weird entry to the Lennon catalog. It's just a strange, like, that Lennon acoustic thing is just, uh, I've not checked to see if it's available for streaming, but that's there with, like, Men Love Avenue and, uh, uh, you know, a heart play, the interview thing of, like, Lennon (laughs) albums that are just gone.
0: (laughs) I have that heart play. Yeah. Me too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you like your interviews, it's great. If you like the Beatles story, you'll love uh, one day we'll do the interview, album. the McCartney interview, or that one yeah, Columbia. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it was one of those things you saw it at Reckless for $1.99 has John Lennon on it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> yeah. Well, that's,
1: uh, I think the McCartney interview album was only available with a sticker that said the nice price. <laughs> I don't think it was ever made available without that.
0: No, it's paying full retail for that.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> the theme is the dialogue between a man and a woman, which is what it is. And this album is part one of at least two. Well, yeah, next up, Isolation, take 23. So this was the one they were going to sign off on. It was like considered the, the BSF, the best so far. And that's why there's a double track vocal on it. That's what's strange to me, like, oh, whoa, double track.
1: We're afraid of everyone Afraid of the sun Isolation I, The sun will never disappear But the world may not have many years I. I, I
0: And then there's no bass drum during the whole, the breaks. I think they ended up settling on take 29 was the master. So this was uh, six takes before this could have been what our version of isolation. I'm glad they went those extra six takes. Cause I, I missed the bass drum in it.
1: Yeah. Me too. This is a cool version though. For sure. There's no organ in this. Mm-mm.
0: No. Cause I think that was cause Lennon played piano. So the organ would have been an overdub.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting to hear it without the organ, and to still hear the piano is interesting to me.
0: Yeah, that organ is so low in the mix; like it really wasn't until we'll get into it in the next episode. But one of those elements mixes that. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, there really is. There's some fucking organ in this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I I I never think of hearing an organ in this song, even though it's clearly there.
1: This is basically an Emerson, Lake and Palmer tune. <laughs> Robert Palmer, who was simply <laughs> irresistible.
0: Emerson Lake and Palmer. Didn't they used to stick knives in their organs and stuff to like keep the note going
1: <laughs> knives in the ears of people who listen to Emerson Lake and Palmer <laughs> is that, I think I confuse ELP and King Crimson, which is no uh, who, who's saying, um, a uh, lucky man. Who the fuck saying lucky man? Well, uh, definitely
0: not King Crimson. That, that sounds like that would be a uh, ELP. Let's see. Did
1: King Crimson sing core to the Crimson King?
0: That was Deep Purple. No, yes, that was
1: King Crips. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big classic rock guy. Prague Rock's not my favorite. No. Not my thing either.
0: Not my thing either.
1: You don't got to see the show. It it is not a. (laughs) That's one of those 10 DJ like. Man, I've got to take a shit.
0: Yeah, that's what those are. <laughs> that's thank God for DJs all over the world. Thank you, Prague Rock.
1: That one and the other pooper is time is time and time <laughs> is yours <laughs> is captured. That one. Da-da, da-da, da-da. <laughs> like, oh, uh, you got nine minutes, so I got to take a call. Better put this one on.
0: Yeah. Full disclosure, my bathroom song was Queensrÿche's "Silent Lucidity."
1: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, my now is "Bring On the Lucy." Parentheses, free to people. We'll get into that like, out there. Do, 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 do it. Do it. Do it. Do
0: it. And then we've got "Remember" rehearsal one, where the uh, the drums are different. Yeah, Ringo's doing the downbeat, so it's got more of like a Motown feel as opposed to an upbeat version. Remember.
1: It's cool to hear this being worked out. And while they're working it out, I had a thought that I hope doesn't seem blasphemous, but as great as Klaus Vorman is on this record, and it's really good bass playing, this is one where I actually kind of thought, like, as the song's been worked out, what would Paul be bringing to this? And I'm not talking about the... Oh shit, I just pitched a song. Now Paul has to force himself singing harmony on, on it like every every side of the B session Paul like Paul not you've got one of the great voices ever. Not every song needs a a Macca harmony. <laughs> um but like just from a bass standpoint, cuz Klaus Foreman's really good and perfect for this record, but he's not Paul. And Paul's melodic kind of bass movement. This is just one where I kind of thought so quick removed from playing with Paul McCartney. I wonder what he might have brought to this. I never thought of
0: that. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll never know.
1: Bullshit. <laughs> the, the 100th anniversary of this is going to have, we've digitally replicated Paul McCartney playing bass. Seriously, they've taken bass samples from every McCartney record and arranged it. So he's playing bass on this. That's what's next. Yeah. It's only $600 in 2078
0: money. Then we've got this beautiful version of love guitar and voice only. It's a take six of love. Great outtake.
1: This is another one, Tony, that was on both Anthology and on the Acoustic album. And on Anthology, it faded up. So you miss uh, a big chunk of the song because it fades up. And on Acoustic, it's in far worse sound quality. This might be one of my favorite takes of the song. This was a uh, a big one for me when I heard it remixed like this. You can hear the beginnings of real love in what he's playing. Love is free. Love is living, living love. Love is needing to be
0: loved. Well, 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 TJ. Take two, that is. (laughs)
1: Oh, Tony, (laughs) we'll be right back. Oh, we don't have a sponsor yet.
0: No, because I say stupid shit like that. Uh, But yes, take two was used of well, well, well in this outtake disc two. Um, Yeah, they're still finding it. They eventually went with take four and uh, they did seven takes of this. So this is take two. We don't have any big screams, but we do get some groovy kind of guitar runs that go down on the instrumental on the way out before it, it breaks down.
1: Strumming on this is great too. Yeah,
0: yeah, Ringo's great on this whole thing. This whole collection made me admire him even more. Just listening to how he worked and how they figured out those breaks and isolation or the feel. It was cool to hear him. We'll get into it maybe on the next episode, but I'll just point out this one thing: they're trying to figure out the tempo of this song in the evolution thing, and uh, you hear Lennon want to play it slower. Yeah. Lennon says to Ringo, do you like that? And Ringo's like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> and he liked it faster and I liked it faster too. And I think Ringo was right.
1: Well, they had Pete Best come in and do his standard fill. It's a great take of that song. And another one of my favorite songs from the album is the next one And that's uh, Look At Me Take Two I know you love this song This song's always sounded Closely related to Julia It's interesting to hear him Strumming yeah. As opposed to picking In this take What a testament to the song That it's equally lovely Look At me Who am I supposed to be Who am I supposed to be Look what am i supposed to be what am i supposed to be
0: I've always loved this version of it, too, right? Because I think I, this is the same one they had on Anthology, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, and yeah. acoustic.
1: So this has gotten yeah. to play, but it's never yeah. sounded this good before.
0: Yeah, yeah. It still remains one of my favorites. Yeah, they they could have gone either way. I think they made the right choice to go with the claw hammer picking version on the finished product. But hearing this version, I, I, I dig it a lot and it doesn't get out of sync or out of phase with itself.
1: <laughs> and I, I, this is blasphemous, but I, I've never loved the phasing. I like hearing the vocal straight. The other thing I've always loved about this take is, and I feel like you can hear it with much more clarity here, that weird minor chord kind of figure he plays at the end. Oh, yeah. That, that is a chord that is, as someone who plays by ear myself, like that's one I've heard 20 times and I'm not quite sure what kind of chord that is. Oh. And uh, it almost sounds a bit like the opening Taste of Honey strum.
0: A Taste of Honey. Yeah. Yeah. There's like an eerie kind of uh, like a, a floating question mark comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> with that chord. It's a riddling chord. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and a riddling chord. So if you're taking riddling,
0: riddling is,
1: Ritalin is good. Then we have God Take 27. Oh, Tony! This is my favorite track of the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. I mean, it's the best song on the best solo Beatles album, in my humble opinion. The mellow groove, the way Billy Preston's playing. Johnson's a little unsure of himself. Yeah, uh, but the playing is exquisite. I don't Just believe
0: in me. You call me. And that's reality. Yeah, full disclosure. I love every version of this song. On yeah, this, me
1: too. Right, of course, right. I still get emotional on the, the litany culminating in I don't believe in Beatles. The break to I Just Believe in Me still makes my heart feel something If the 20 million times after hearing it. uh, He says Presley instead of Elvis.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Beatles is almost slurred when he says it. And then Yoko and Me sounds confident and definitive and there. This is my favorite track on this particular disc.
0: Yeah, then My Mummy's Dead, the only other take, take two. So it's a little longer. There's a little more instrumental passage Um, but yeah, not much else to say about it.
1: I would have thought they would have got Jeff Lynn to take the tape, add (laughs) Paul and Ringo to do (laughs) lovely harmonies, a vaguely ELO beat and see what happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And add a middle eight and just bring it back to (laughs) my mommy's dead. My mommy's
1: dead. Whatever happened to the lives that we once knew. My, my just do that. Mash up dude, I'm a DJ at a lot of clubs, and I mashed up free as a bird with my mummies dead. Everybody went home. My mummy's dead. Whatever happened to the lives that
0: we once knew. Can we really live without each
1: other? Now in, in the book. My Mummy's Dead shows a cassette and we used to buy this brand. It's a Scotch cassette. Not to be confused with Scotch tape. Scotch magnetic cassette C ninety. It's a three M. Oh, which yeah, which cassette is that? Page eighty-six. Oh, let me go to that.
0: Oh, well, look at that. You're right. I mean, I I believed you. Yeah, that's the My Mummy's Dead one. The one I was talking about. He used that for Mother, I believe, and God, and something else, I think.
1: Yeah, it's for a few of those. Oh, well, that's cool. When you record, you want that true, pure sound. So do it on Scott, Scotch, because with Scotch recording tape, you oh, all know the truth comes out. So we'll go over, since we're doing kind of the vinyl LP track list for this, we will um, take the singles in our next episode, when we do kind of the other outtakes and everything. But wrapping this up a little bit, Uh, I could not be more thrilled with this. It is so beautiful and so fun to have that my small complaints about it, it's like a Grammy-winning A-plus box set. It's worth every penny. You know, Strawberry Fields, if you kind of look at that demo and anthology and some of the stuff that we heard on the peppery issue, Strawberry Fields and songs like that kind of started as something and then morphed into something totally different. These songs don't have quite the same progression, at least not at this point. Not
0: like that, right.
1: Not like that, but it's a testament to how beautiful these songs and how powerful these songs are that an album known for its simplicity could be blown up into this level of massive spectacle and still maintain its power. That's a testament to the songs they're rock solid. It's the best solo Beatles album. It's the most direct, it's the most honest. I don't think there's any other album like it in history. Not a huge seller. I mentioned that before. This did not sell the copies that Imagine did or even Double Fantasy certainly after John died. Right. This is not one of his biggest sellers. It's the most important and greatest solo Beatles album, worthy of this reissue. I can't wait to spend seven hundred dollars on All Things Must Pass and nine hundred fifty on the Get Back slash Let It Be reissue. <laughs>
0: well, don't forget one hundred fifty
1: on Ram. Oh yeah, the, the half. Well, the half speed master vinyls on its way to my home. Yeah. Because I I need a seventh copy of Ram on vinyl.
0: Well, I need to hear it at half speed too. <laughs> Ram on. I look
1: high, I look low. <laughs> Mark Berry.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, highly recommended. Uh, go, go, go out and fucking buy it. <laughs> I don't know. Do whatever you want.
1: Hey, steal your music. Are you cool? (laughs) You want to be down with me and my friends? Steal it.
0: Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe.